0: What the fuck is up? Welcome back. My name is Noah Hills. You can find me on Twitter at Noah More Parties. You can find my written work and my rankings of running backs in Dynasty Leagues, Devi Leagues, and for rookie drafts at NoahMoreParties.com. And I know the people have just been, they've been begging. They've been fiending. They've been absolutely craving some Bears backfield analysis, some Bears backfield content, and as a man of the people, I'm here to deliver. Let's get into it. Uh, This Bears backfield. David Montgomery is now out of the picture. After being the the workhorse, really, in this offense for the past four seasons, relatively effective workhorse in the NFL, uh, you know, quality starting running back, 200-some touches on a full season's basis are now up for grabs in this offense based on Montgomery, now in Detroit. And the the best incumbent in this backfield is Khalil Herbert, who has been fantastic on a per-carry basis. So far in his career, going all the way back to his time in Kansas in 2019 with the Kansas Jayhawks, he posted a 181% box adjusted efficiency rating. That means given the box counts that he's seeing and relative to what other running backs on the Kansas offense were producing that season, which includes, by the way, Puka Williams, who was the big 12 offensive freshman of the year, first team all big 12, hasn't done much in the NFL, mostly because like some legal troubles and because he's 170 pounds, but Puka Williams was a beast in college and Khalil Herbert was producing 81% more on his carries relative to what the other Kansas running backs, which mostly included Puka Williams that season, were doing on their carries. That is a ridiculous number in the 100th percentile. The season after that, transferred to Virginia Tech, Uh, was the lead running back there, 175% box-adjusted efficiency rating in the 99th percentile. The next season was a sixth-round pick of the Chicago Bears playing behind David Montgomery, 103 carries, 116% box-adjusted efficiency rating. That's a 71st percentile mark. And then last season, 129 carries, 149% box-adjusted efficiency rating, 95th percentile among NFL running backs going back to 2016. The dude has done nothing but be incredibly efficient on a per-carry basis in in three different situations, from Kansas to Virginia Tech to Chicago in the NFL. The dude is one of the best runners in the league, at least on a per-carry basis, with subdued volume so far in his career. He's never had more than 155 carries in a season, going back to college, never more than 129 in an NFL season. He had 129 last year, 103 the year before. He also doesn't contribute much in the passing game. 34 receptions in 46 college games, 23 receptions in 30 college games. The dude is a pure two-down runner, but he is damn good at it. The next most established player in this backfield is a guy who's new to the backfield, but that is Deontay Foreman, who, you know, was a, what, a third-round pick in the stacked 2017 running back class that also included Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, like all those dudes. Deontay Foreman was a third round pick in that draft, which is pretty, pretty damn good. Like he was a 2,000 yard rusher at Texas in his junior season. And he started out really nice in the NFL, 117% box adjusted efficiency rating as a rookie in Houston. But then he tore his Achilles and he had seven carries the next year. He missed all of 2019. He lashed on with Tennessee in 2020 or in 2020, but hasn't been, like, okay, the last couple of seasons, he kind of regained his footing, but even the last two years, in in Tennessee, in 2021, 133 carries, 99.3% box-adjusted efficiency rating, which basically indicates that he was producing slightly less on his carries than the other backs at Tennessee were producing, which, to be fair, includes Derrick Henry, though also, to be fair, in Derrick Henry's worst season of his career since he was a rookie. And then last year in Carolina. You know, they moved on from Christian from Christian McCaffrey, Deontay Foreman stepped into the RB1 chair, over 200 carries, 99.5% box-adjusted efficiency rating, slightly less on a per-carry basis than the other backs in Carolina. But he's, like, he's an easy dude to root for. He's returned from an Achilles tear, the kind of injury that often, like, ruins running backs' careers, to now produce, like, replacement-level production on a per-carry basis. Like, that is objectively impressive. Like, we, we like to see that. He's been right around the 50th percentile in box adjusted efficiency rating in each of the last two seasons, but there are some like ancillary metrics. Rushing yards overexpected last season, 0.25 rushing yards overexpected per attempt in 2022. I think that put him in the top 20 in the league. So based on that metric, he was fairly decent last year. He was also 15th in the league in yards after contact per attempt, according to playerprofiler.com. 17th in the league in breakaway run rate, according to playerprofiler.com. He's a big play guy, who breaks a lot of tackles, but he's not a very, he doesn't provide much like consistent output on a carry to carry basis. His relative success rate, which is similar to box adjusted efficiency rating, but it's a rate stat. It measures how often are you producing positive outcomes on your carries relative to what other guys in your offense are producing and adjusted for the box counts that you're running the ball against. Last year, negative 3.8%. The year before, negative 0.2%. And then in 2020, 2018, and 2017, he was at least negative 4.6% in each of those seasons and well below that in the two others. Like since since entering the NFL, even in his healthy rookie year and in the two decent seasons he's had since recovering and coming back from the from the Achilles injury, he's never produced positive outcomes on a per-carry basis more often than the other guys in the offenses. That He's been operating in he that's just not his game. He's a big play guy who breaks tackles and is efficient according to some metrics slightly below average in efficiency according to some other metrics but has never been like a reliable down to down consistent guy that makes him a, a, a lesser but like and a little bit redundant runner. Stylistically, even though he's like way bigger, he's a little bit redundant to what Khalil Herbert brings to this offense as like a peer two-down back who is like an explosive guy. He doesn't really fit the David Montgomery mold, even though he and David Montgomery are both, like, big tackle breakers. David Montgomery provided value to this offense, especially last year in, like, the Justin Fields version of this offense that I anticipate we'll see going forward. David Montgomery provided value in that version of this offense by being super consistent on a down-to-down basis. He had a relative success rate of 6.2% last year, just really good, like, really reliable output on a per-carry basis, so he was doing that. He's also a good pass blocker. He's got good hands. So he was just like, in the same way that like Brian Robinson provides value to the the commanders by filling in all the spots where Antonio Gibson, you know, kind of has his, his, his shortcomings where he's like not a consistent decision maker, you know, isn't a great pass blocker, you know, things like that. David Montgomery... You can plug him in and know that he's not going to fuck up. He's going to keep you on schedule. He's going to move the chains. He's going to pick up the blitz when he needs to. He's going to catch the ball when it's dumped off to him. That's not Deontay Foreman. He's a, he's a decent, probably two-down runner, not as good as Khalil Herbert, and he also doesn't do the things that David Montgomery did to provide value in this offense. But a guy who does do that, at least hypothetically, based on what he did in college, is Roshon Johnson who relative success rate was awesome in college. Last season, 3.2%. On a team with B. John Robinson on it, he had a positive relative success rate of 3.2%. And the seasons before that, 4.6, 11.7, and 4.4%. That's between the 65th and the 97th percentile. Each of those seasons, that's ridiculously good on teams that had Bijan Robinson on them and before Bijan had Keontae Ingram on them, who was a stud college runner, who, you know, was a, a workhorse at two different colleges, wasn't great in the NFL last year, but he's like an NFL-quality talent. Roshan Johnson has a history of producing, you know, consistently on a down-to-down basis, above and beyond what other you know, talented running backs have produced in the Texas offense. Never been super efficient on a per carry basis. Like, that's not really his game either. Um, in the same way that, like, Brian Robinson isn't going to make a lot of big plays and, you know, run it six yards per carry, but he's going to produce reliably on a down-to-down basis and keep the chains moving. That's what Roshan Johnson does. In- incredibly consistent relative to talented backfields. He's also 225 pounds. His missed tackles force per attempt mark from college is in the 98th percentile. He ran a high four five in the forty. Uh, 64.1 career pass blocking grade from PFF, that's solid. Um, and as a pass catcher, never below the 75th percentile in route diversity, like the the amount and and types and variety of routes that he's able to run successfully. Above the 75th percentile in every year of his college career, he was being targeted at an above average rate on a per route basis throughout his college career and his 88.9% true catch rate which only looks at the targets that are catchable. He's catching nearly 90% of those. That's higher than the career marks for both Jameer Gibbs and Deuce Vaughn. So this is a workhorse-sized dude who breaks tackles, produces consistently on the ground, is not super fast, but pass blocks well, runs decent routes, uh, earns targets on those routes, and catches the ball cleanly. Like, this is as close to a one-for-one David Montgomery swap as the Bears could have found in this running back class. And I think Roshan Johnson is the perfect compliment to a guy like Khalil Herbert, who is an explosive two down. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty-nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Runner who maybe shouldn't get a ton of volume. Like the the volume that Khalil Herbert has seen so far in his career, going back to college has been... Perfectly calibrated. He's a 100 to 150 carry guy, and in that range, he's able to produce super efficiently. He he deserves to get that many touches, but any more as a slightly undersized guy who doesn't contribute on third downs and things like that, probably doesn't need more volume, and if he did get it, I think there's a decent chance that he would lose some of his, like, there'd be diminishing returns On the value he provides as an an efficient and explosive runner if he were to be thrust into some sort of like workhorse 20-touch-per-game role over like more than, you know, a few weeks at a time. And so because of that, Roshon Johnson is the perfect complement to him. He fits cleanly into the David Montgomery role, can do everything fairly well, and I wouldn't be surprised if Roshon Johnson is leading this backfield in snap share, opportunity share, carries, targets by mid-season of 2023. Herbert has been a sub 40% snap share guy in both of his college seasons. Again, has not seen more than 155 carries in a season. Deontay Foreman can be sprinkled in here and there to, you know, run at the goal line, uh, you know, give both Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert breathers on, on running downs. They also brought in Travis Homer, who's a solid special teams guy, a, a reliable runner, if not, you know, he's not a great runner, but he his relative success rate last year was also very good. And he's averaged like over eight yards per target each of his last three seasons. He's like a sneaky, decent little role player who they could plug in to spell Roshan Johnson on passing downs. But the problem for everybody here, I think, is Justin Fields. He provides value to this running game by, you know, opening lanes... Um, with his mobility, linebackers have to pay attention to him on on you know, read options and things like that. This offensive line is also good. And so Fields, Fields like compounds the value of that offensive line by opening up even more and wider lanes by removing linebackers. But he also kind of screws running back opportunity in the other parts of this offense. You can have the most efficient running game in the league on a per carry basis, but without targets, goal line work, or touchdowns your fantasy upside is capped. Like, Nick Chubb has the third highest yards per carry average of any running back in NFL history. He averages 274 carries on a 17-game basis over the course of his career. He scores 10 touchdowns every season. He's still maxed out as the RB7 in fantasy football so far in his career because he doesn't catch passes. Like, you need other things besides just being one of the best running backs in the league um, as a runner. J.K. Dobbins scored nine touchdowns and averaged six yards per carry in his rookie season in 2020 on a Khalil Herbert-type workload, and he still averaged fewer points per game in that season than last year's RB29 did in 2022. Like, you need more than ripping off a bunch of long touchdowns and being super efficient on your 150 carries. Like You just need more than that, and the more that you need is largely unavailable in this offense because of the presence of Justin Fields. Last year, the Bears offense had 20 rushing attempts inside the five-yard line. Justin Fields had 10 of them. He converted five of them, which made his touchdown conversion rate from, you know, inside the five better than the league-wide average. So I'm not sure why the Bears would go away from that going forward. But Khalil Herbert was next on the team with six. So David Montgomery didn't even have more than that. And the six that, that Khalil Herbert had tied him on the season-long totals list with like Kenny Gainwell, Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon, dudes who are not even close to like their team's, you know, bell cow runners. There's not a ton of goal line volume available in this offense, even if they improve, like they added Darnell Wright, uh, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. This, this offense is probably going to improve, but this is the same, you know, offensive coaching staff that they had last, that they had last season. And given that Fields was good at the goal line, I don't know why there would be some philosophical shift in how they're doling out goal line carries. And that's on top of the fact that Fields doesn't throw the ball to running backs. In college, J.K. Dobbins was the only running back that Fields had at Ohio State who had more than 17 carries in a single season. And Justin Fields targeted J.K. Dobbins 14% less often on a per-route basis than running backs get targeted on a per-route basis, like, across college football. Uh, That's a 20—that's a 32nd percentile mark. So very low per-route target rates— going back to college. And in the NFL, Fields has targeted running backs 17% less often on a per-out basis than NFL-wide averages. That's a 24th percentile mark. So every situation we've seen Justin Fields in, going back to his time at Ohio State, he has not targeted running backs at even close to average rates. And the league-wide per dropback scramble rate in the NFL is 4.6%. NFL quarterbacks take off and run on 4.6%. Of their dropbacks on average. Justin Fields scrambled on 15.8% of his dropbacks last season. That's like four, almost four times the the NFL wide average. And he was the only full-time starter among guys who had at least 300 dropbacks last season. Justin Fields was the only guy in the entire league who scrambled on more than 10% of his dropbacks, and he did greater than 50% 50 more than that. And for reference, Lamar Jackson was at 6%. So however often you think that Lamar Jackson runs, and however much of an impact you think that that has on J.K. Dobbins and, you know, the other running backs in Baltimore not getting passing game work, it's even worse with the running backs in Chicago with Justin Fields. And because of that, because of a, a potential lack of goal line work that we already saw from last season and this offensive coordinator, given a long history of Justin Fields taking off and running and not targeting running backs in the passing game. Even if like Roshan Johnson got, it, we, we put him directly into the David Montgomery role from last year. He does exactly what David Montgomery got. He got 65% snap share, over 200 carries, 40 targets. That would be a massive win for Roshon Johnson in year one, that only turned into 11.1 PPR points per game and an RB 28 finish in fantasy. This is not a valuable offense to be a part of as a running back other than from a per carry basis, where somebody like Khalil Herbert can take advantage of a good offensive line and a quarterback occupying linebackers to like rip apart defenses on a per carry basis. A regular fantasy starter in this offense as it currently exists is going to have to have like Jamal Williams level goal line volume. And we already saw this offensive coaching staff not give their running backs goal line volume last season. So I don't think that's very likely. Like Roshan Johnson would have to get a ton of goal line touches in order to to score enough touchdowns to offset not getting all the, the early down work and not being targeted often on a per-out basis, even though he's a good pass catcher and who can pass block well enough to play on a lot of third downs. The other scenario is that Khalil Herbert would have to maintain his ridiculous efficiency while getting a big bump in volume to offset the fact that he doesn't contribute on passing downs. And it's probably not reasonable for him to either receive more volume given the presence of foreman and Johnson in this offense. Like, he doesn't need to get more volume. That's probably—probably probably be a net negative on this offense if they just started feeding Khalil Herbert a ton. So that's not reasonable to expect. And it's also not reasonable to expect, if he got more volume, that he would maintain his ridiculous efficiency. Like, I I don't see a whole lot of avenues for, like, regular fantasy utility out of the guys in this offense. The best thing we could probably hope for out of Johnson and Herbert is, like— RB2 level production in spurts in the event that like either Johnson gets hurt and Herbert can be like the guy for a few games at a time, or Herbert gets hurt and Johnson can be the ga- you know be the guy for a few games at a time. But even that feels unlikely because if Herbert got hurt, I feel like they just kind of plug in Deontay Foreman into the Herbert role and continue as usual with the things that Roshan Johnson was doing. Like I, I love the way that this backfield is constructed from a real life standpoint as far as like talent configuration asset allocation goes, I think this is a really smart way to construct an NFL backfield in real life. But I also think it's a fairly low ceiling, cannibalistic proposition in fantasy football, given that there's a a bunch of moving parts here and situational factors dealing with Justin Fields that result in like the highest leverage opportunities that we want to see for our fantasy running backs just not being as available in this offense as they are in other offenses. Having said all of that, the top guys in this backfield are also, you know, fairly, fairly priced in Dynasty right now. Khalil Herbert is the RB35 over at Keep Trade Cut. Roshan Johnson is the RB36 over at Keep Trade Cut. So, they're going back to back in the same range as other guys that we're just kind of hoping for some spot starts from, like Alexander Madison, Tank Bigsby. Antonio Gibson, I feel like it's fair to invest in Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson in those spots. That's basically how I feel about this backfield. Deontay Foreman is probably a roster clogger in Dynasty. I would try to move on from him if you have him, but take some shots on Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. Don't pull them up above their ADPs because I don't see a lot of non-injury outcomes where these guys are providing like regular fantasy utility. Thanks for watching. Hit like, hit subscribe, follow me on Twitter, go to no Catch me on Sunday, Saturday? Catch me on Saturday. The videos come out on Saturday. Peace.